You're listening to the Travelling Music Therapist podcast. My name is Yuki and I'm a registered music therapist from Western Australia. Today I've travelled all the way to Melbourne uh, to have a chat with Jason Kenner. He was actually one of my lecturers uh, while I was studying my Masters of Music Therapy. So it's great to catch up with him again. He was also one of the wonderful people who backed my Kickstarter project. Uh, which was an animation called A Boy Called Timmy and it's just a short little clip about how music therapy can help a young child and if you haven't seen it yet please go head over to my YouTube channel Music Therapy Now or you can find me on Facebook as well um, under Music Therapy Now and please go check it out I'll leave links for all of that as well in the show notes anyways I hope you enjoy this podcast Welcome back to the Travelling Music Therapist. I'm Yuki. Um, You've known me by now. Um, today I'm with Jason Kenner. Um, do you want to just let our listeners know uh, what you do for work? Yeah, sure. So I'm a lecturer at Melbourne University. I'm also a PhD candidate, so I'm halfway through my PhD. Yay! How is that yeah. going? Going really well. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sort of in the analysis phase. I'm looking at a lot of improvisations. and So I also do a little bit of clinical work still in uh, mental health and in uh, brain injury rehab. Great. Cool. So is that, um, has that been um, your area, I guess, that you've been predominantly working in, mental health and yeah. brain injury? So that's pretty much, I, that's pretty much been my entire career has been in mental health and brain wow. injury rehab. I've also done mm-hmm. some drug and alcohol yep. work as well. Has it always been with adult clients? Is that your main Predominantly. Area? I've done a little bit of youth work. Cool. Yeah. mostly adults. Oh, okay. So um, did you always know that that was the area that you wanted to work in or was it more like a situation sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, it, it was something I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I was more interested in mental health than in the, the rehab. And mm-hmm. rehab just uh, sort of came along mm-hmm. uh, just by chance. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that. You meet some really amazing people. Yeah, definitely. So, mm. um, I definitely thought when I started first started the course that I would lean more towards mental health and adult mental health. <laughs> now I work mainly with children <laughs> and in disability, which was um, kind of surprising for me because I never thought that I would be the type of personality to be able to work in disability. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd be too emotional. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, with that particular clientele. So, mm. yeah, it's interesting. Mm. I've, yeah, learned some things about myself, I guess. And um, so Jason was one of my tutors when I was here at Melbourne Uni studying um, the blended learning course, which has done amazing things. Were mm. you teaching before the blended learning started? No. Oh, uh, well, yes, I was as a sessional oh, okay. lecturer. So yep. I've been I've been here at the university, if you include, when I was doing sessional work for about eight or nine years mm. now. Yeah. Uh, cool. Has the blended learning course, has that sort of changed the course structure at all for the... The on-campus students? It has a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there have we now do some on-campus teaching in intensives in the same way as the blended learning. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've also, because assessments need to be structured in a way that people can, can do them when they're off-campus, mm, yeah. we've um, 
and to keep some um, the, the assessments the same for on campus and blended learning students, we have made yeah. some adjustments around the way some assessments are done as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a great course. Mm. 4WA has been amazing mm. <laughs> because the last couple of years we've we've had a few of us graduate um, through that method, um, and I heard that there's a Perth student at the moment. That's relocated over here, though. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's all right, though. Hopefully he'll come back. <laughs> I haven't yeah. actually met him yet. Anyways, right. um, so with your PhD, how long has it taken you so far? I'm thinking of doing one in the future. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm part-time because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm here in a full-time position. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a part-time PhD. Mm. So that means six years. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> I've been at it for nearly three uh, I'm hoping to finish it early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a normally a, a PhD is a three years of full-time study. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So do you, um, I guess you choose a topic at the very beginning of it. Has it sort of stuck to that or did it ever sort of change? Oh, it... well, mine hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. It's it's become more refined and mm -hmm. I think that's quite typical. Yeah. Uh, in music therapy, uh, usually... Uh, you choose your own topic. Yeah. But in some other disciplines, you get invited mm. to come and do a PhD yeah. and the project is sort of set out for you. Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, cool. Do you know how many um, are doing PhDs at the moment? Um, in music therapy, specifically? Yes. <laughs> uh, there is... Uh, it's it's something like six. Yeah. Wow, yeah. cool. Or maybe, maybe it's a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe it's eight. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah, oh, that's awesome. Mm. So do you guys sort of have like a little support <laughs> network amongst Yeah, we meet yeah. once, during the semester, we meet once a fortnight yep, yep. on a Monday evening for an hour and a half. Yep. And we usually have a topic mm -hmm. um, and often a, a, a journal article or two yeah, yep. that we'll look at and then we'll get together and talk about that. Mm -hmm. We also just sort of let each other know where we're at with our projects. Yeah. A lot of you guys are around mental health, aren't you? Uh, there's a few. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a bit of disability. Yeah. Um, it's there's you know some work with we we just had somebody starting now who's mm -hmm. doing some work with uh, uh, school-based autistic children. Okay, there's yeah. a couple of mainstream school projects. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty varied actually. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It must be just the people that I've met then. <laughs> yeah, I've met a few people now. Um, um, during conference and all of that. That was only a few weeks ago. Yeah. Where you presented. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to just talk about, a little bit about um, what you were talking about then? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so I've been in my PhD is on some work with people who have borderline personality disorder, mm -hmm. adults, uh, and we did a, a group program that went for eight weeks, and it was fairly heavily reliant on group improvisation mm -hmm. and so the, the program was uh, was improvising recording the improvisation having a discussion listening to the recording while doing some drawing mm -hmm. uh, and then talking about the drawings and the reflections on the on the music yeah. and then we would have a break and we'd come back and we would do some uh, resource oriented work so you know, on the subject of healthy and unhealthy uses of music and do mm -hmm. some song sharing and some listening and yeah. and discuss how we use music. Mm -hmm. And we actually ended up doing a bit of psycho ed around the features of music. Mm -hmm. So because participants, they weren't experienced 
musicians. Yeah. And so they didn't have the, the sort of conceptual understanding of music that helps you to think about things like tempo, mm -hmm. texture, yeah. um, you know, rhythm, yeah. um, different sorts of features of music, which people intuitively are aware of, mm -hmm. but aren't necessarily good at breaking down. Yeah. And so my presentation was about how the learning how to talk about music seemed to be really quite an important part of mm. the therapeutic process for these participants because they were able to um, participate in improvisation in a way mm. that was informed by their newer understandings of music. Mm. And as a music therapist, we, I, I don't feel that we, we often would think about teaching mm. about music as being yeah. a part of the therapeutic process, but mm. what came out of the, the analysis was that what they learned about music was actually quite important for them. Yeah, yeah mm. no, that was a really um, interesting perspective. And it makes so much sense. It does, because if yeah. people don't have the language to be able to talk about, you know, what they're experiencing, then they really, you know, probably would struggle to... Um, express all of that so I think so mm. particularly when you're working with verbal pe pe yeah. clients you know? yeah. so I mean a lot of music therapists work with people that aren't very good at verbalizing mm -hmm. but in adult mental health that's it's, it's a bit different usually yeah. you, you do a lot of talking mm -hmm. and so if that's your primary way of processing mm -hmm. information then you need to have the, yeah, the language and I think it'd be empowering for them too and just um, like capacity building mm -hmm. on their part because then they can sort of talk about things and feel like they are talking about, not the right things, but like being able to use the correct language. And mm. We have to feel confident. <coughs> yeah, exactly. It's like learning how to do anything. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you, want, you don't feel very good about doing something until you have a sense of confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's based on actual confidence, but also mm -hmm. your own feelings and beliefs around your yeah. confidence. And in mental health, that would be a big thing. It's a huge thing, mm. yeah. Particularly with people with borderline, because you know one of the problems that they have when they're in groups is mm. that they worry about what other people think of them. So a lot of social yeah. anxiety, yeah. Yeah. and that's um, alleviated by feeling more confident. So mm. when someone's playing music with people in an improvisation, and they're not feeling like they know what they're doing, mm. they'll pick up an instrument and they'll be worrying about whether they're playing it the right way, or mm. if someone might be watching them and thinking that they're mm. doing it wrong. I definitely do that. <laughs> I'm still not that um, confident in improvising. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, no. During the course, I feel like I picked up a lot of skills, but since yeah. then, I haven't really gotten into it. Yeah. So I can totally understand that side of things. Yeah. I really need to do a little bit more of that. We actually were thinking of doing a PD around improvisation. Right. Yeah, in WA. So. Okay. Yeah, I think um, we were um, having a discussion at one of our last meetups. And um, um, it was oh, a drum workshop, and the facilitators just asked us, you know, what's your musical background? And most of us said, oh, classical piano, classical flute, or whatever it was. And everyone was classically trained, and we just thought, oh, we're not very, like, eclectic at all. <laughs> we need to, yeah, as a group, I think we need to build on some of those um, skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I guess for me, I mean, I did my Bachelor of Music in the mm -hmm. classical strain. Yeah. But prior to that, I've always played in bands and done lots of jamming. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I'm a saxophone player, but I also learned, I played guitar and bass yeah. guitar and I can drum a little bit. And, yeah. And played in bands. 
Yeah. Job, so it's a bit, yeah. So did you me. do saxophone as your major? Yeah, I did. Ah, yeah. okay, cool. And how did you find out about music therapy? Yeah, so I found out about music therapy quite a while ago mm-hmm. when a friend of mine who's a musician, yeah. he was asked to uh, go to a special development school once a week and just play music mm-hmm. with the kids. Yeah. And when he was there, he was amazed at the way that they responded and someone told him about music therapy and he looked into it and he's not like he's an amazing musician but he's never done any formal training you can't read music um but you know he plays with like you know um touring bands and you know john farnham and you know those sorts of guys um yet he's not a reader and so when he looked at doing it studying music therapy he didn't feel he had the he didn't feel competent funnily enough to be able to do it (laughs) yeah but he told me about it and i thought well i know how to read music maybe it's something i (laughs) could do um and i looked into it and thought wow that just sounds amazing but then it was Mm -hmm. a few years before i decided to change my career path and Mm -hmm. study yeah yeah um and so i yeah i did that probably 10 12 years ago yeah so were you teaching music before then no i was a business analyst Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. so like a big career change there. Yeah, it was, very big. Oh, yeah. how interesting. But you yeah. used to teach um, instrumental students, didn't you? I did. Well, so once, so once I decided I wanted to be a music therapist, I'd always yeah. been a musician. Yeah. I um I went and did a Bachelor of Music. Yeah. And while I was doing my Bachelor of Music, I, I started teaching in high schools as an mm-hmm. instrumental teacher. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I finished my music therapy training, mm-hmm. I a combination of the two okay. for a few years so I do mm-hmm. a, a couple of days of music therapy and a couple of days of yep. instrumental teaching mm-hmm. until eventually the music therapy just completely took so, over oh, oh okay mm. cool yeah because I was talking to Matt Lewin um and he was saying like you guys knew each other from teaching that's right and then yeah, yeah and then you just dragged him into our field that's right yeah. so we used to teach on the same day in a studio next to each other at the same high school yeah and he used to hear me yelling at the kids all the time <laughs> whereas matt would never yeah never i couldn't imagine the kids, but I yeah. Used to all the time. <laughs> yeah so that's interesting so where does now so do you know what happened to your friend is he still doing just jamming and playing and that's it yeah yeah that's right yeah oh cool mm-hmm. oh that's so interesting mm-hmm. um so i was wondering jason if you could share with us one memorable um well, um, when you're working in mental health, particularly when you're doing acute work, mm-hmm. is you often see people for a short time and then you just don't see them again, mm-hmm. or you see them again when things aren't going so well and they come back into the system. Yeah. But I did have a really, a really nice experience one time um, where I was just walking down the street and I had one of those moments where the person walked towards me I thought, oh, I know you from somewhere, and they kind of looked at me in a similar way. But that happens often to me, and I think, well, you might have been someone that had an admission. And so I don't actively sort of say, hey, do you remember me? I'm a music therapist. Yeah. Maybe, you, maybe we met on the psych unit. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't say anything. And, um, and she walked past me, and then I heard this voice saying, excuse me, are you a music therapist? And I turned around, and it was somebody who I participated. I'd, I'd, I'd ran a, a program. She participated in a group songwriting program that I did with Denise Grokey for some research that she oh. did years ago called Songs for Life. Oh, okay, yep. And so this uh, p- this person participated in that 
and it had been probably three or four years, mm-hmm. and um, and we started talking, and she she said that that changed my life. I've been writing songs ever since. I wow. post them on YouTube, yeah. you know, and um, and I just have a, a completely different relationship with music, and it was really excellent to hear wow. that because yeah. you often they just disappear yeah. after you've worked with them. Yeah, you have you no idea, and you like... wonder, gosh, I wonder how they're going. Mm-hmm. So that was just a really, really nice. Oh, that's story. so beautiful. So, mm-hmm. how long were you working with her for? Was it just the program was thirteen weeks, 13 so twelve weeks. weeks of sessions, and then a final catch-up week. Yeah. So the program was that you, you, we put a group together, mm-hmm. and um, we would play songs like familiar songs together, and and then write write a song or a mm-hmm. few or a couple of songs, and then go into a recording studio and, pro- and professionally oh, okay. record it. Great, yeah. And um, yeah, and that was the, the project. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wonderful. So was that an outpatient program? It was. Yeah. yeah. So there was. It was done at quite a few different clinics around Melbourne, mm-hmm. uh, and different um, music therapists were facilitating different ones. So I think there was four or five different music mm-hmm. therapists that, that were involved, and I ran four of those groups myself. Yep. Um, and they were all really great. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so great. Mm. Um, I was having a chat to my friend Miranda Monagul. She studied yeah. with me in my mm. year. And um, she's doing something actually very similar mm. where um, she you know, does a bit of songwriting and then they all go to a recording studio and they record it all together. Mm. And mm. it's wonderful because the clients get to you know, keep a copy of it mm-hmm. and you know, have that sense of accomplishment and have something concrete that they can take home with them. Yeah, it's, it <laughs> is good. It's it's complicated though, <laughs> yeah, it because <laughs> it's great for the client, but it's 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 hard sometimes to make a really aesthetically, you know, mm. acceptable, yeah. you know, in terms of what people are used to, yeah. uh, especially voices, mm. the the sound of people's voices when yeah. they're singing, um, and so yeah, I, I still feel it's. It's a great thing to do, but you still have to really manage the participants through the project yeah. because sometimes expectations can mm-hmm. be high around production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And working around group dynamics as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. If there are a few people who you know they might think that they can sing better than someone else, or you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, or even ideas about what the song should yeah, be about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, in mental health setting. Uh, actually, I did one placement in mental health, um, in adult mental health, and I came across a few people who just, after their admission, wanted to be friends with me. <laughs> I'm sure you've had a few people like that. How have you dealt with it? Yeah, so I used to um, invite them to come back to the ward to visit any time they wanted, mm-hmm. and that they were uh, they could come and participate and join the program. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I just sort of avoided the, yep. the giving the phone number yeah. thing. I, I would give my email address, my work email address. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but I, and I and I got better at that, just managing that relationship over time. Um, and I think that even just you become that the way you're perceived by patients once you sort of develop your clinical persona. Mm-hmm. That it happens less often as well. They don't. They oh, see okay. you more professionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it happens more to students because <laughs> you know you're yep. you're um you're 
your style of being with the, the patients is a little bit different. A bit different, yeah, mm. yep, definitely. Mm. Yeah, no, it was a little bit, um, I guess, difficult, but just getting used to it. I feel mm. like I've got it under control now. I mean, yeah. most of my clients don't even <laughs> use <laughs> social media or whatever yeah. because, you know, they're five or younger. <laughs> but um, you know, I've had a few like teenage clients that want to add me on Facebook yeah, or yeah. you know that kind of thing. So yeah. at least I've got my business page and um, you know my business Twitter and that kind of thing if they really want to connect. But yeah, I think that's important actually, <clears throat> you, especially if you're a private contractor and you. Yeah. My, I mean, my Facebook is predominantly music therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Grace is saying that her um, Facebook is ninety percent <laughs> RMTs. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but social media is just so big at the moment, um, mm. and I think it will be, you know, from now on. And it's just managing that online presence. Like you can find out so much about someone online, and tricky when mm. you have, um, I guess, patients who are older, because um, when we do work with them, they're in quite a vulnerable state mm. and we help them through something that's quite you know life-changing for them and of course mm. they're going to want to you know stay connected so mm. it's a very tricky thing to um to handle yeah mm. it is yeah. um so have you ever regretted that career change um, you've had a yeah not so, really mm-hmm. no i mean there's been times when i've wished i Money, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, but you know, really, I mean, I remember when I was prior to becoming a music therapist that mm. you know, like you know, ninety percent of people out there that mm. you know, their job is just a job. Yeah, yeah. And you, you you're looking forward to the weekend. Yeah. And then Sunday evening, you kind of get that pain. And yeah. Thinking, oh gosh, it's Monday tomorrow. Mm. I mean, I haven't had that for yeah twelve years. Yeah. And I don't really care what day of the week it is. Yeah. If it's, you know, what's today? Tuesday. Tuesdays yeah. for me. I don't mind. <laughs> Tuesdays just as good as the weekend. Yeah. I'm very lucky. Mm. You know, I get to do what I, kind of what I want in a yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. Mean, yeah, it's a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, any person that I've talked to just loves their job. Mm. I'm registered music therapist, of course. But, mm. um, yeah, I do think that we're very lucky. We're able to, you know, still be able to play music every day and call it work and mm. you know be very creative in our jobs and mm. every day is different mm. you know we get different clients all the time yeah. and I feel like I am learning more about myself as well mm. as I go definitely <laughs> mm. yeah so what sort of things do you do for self-care because I know in our yeah. course we did talk about self-care yeah a lot um so you know I dip in and out I think probably more than I should, but um, the things that I find work best for me are active things. So I'm not so much of a, a meditator, mindful meditation type mm-hmm. person. Yeah. I kind of feel that I get the same type of thing out of practice. I still love to practice mm-hmm. saxophone, yeah. and um, I've still sometimes it's I get too busy, but. You know, usually I'm only able to play, you know, four times a week and some, and a couple of those times will be for like two or three hours of practice. Yeah. So, you know, being able to just sit there and just work through mm-hmm. concepts yeah. um, and just focus on that yeah. to me is super important. Yeah. Do you still gig at all? Yeah, I do. I've got a gig 
Friday night. Oh, dear. And another one on Sunday. Oh, wow. See, I've got so a you're rehearsal pretty busy. tonight, another rehearsal <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, it's ridiculous how much um, I've got squeezing <laughs> yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, but I, I love playing. Uh, and I'm playing more now than I was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I made a conscious effort to to be doing more performing. Yeah. So is that just with one band? Uh, no, it's with two <laughs> oh different bands. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm only really in one band, but I just, you know, you get asked to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I found coming, moving into the lecturing position, mm -hmm. I don't play music as much in my work anymore. Yeah, that's and true. And so I felt I needed to be doing more playing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Have you used saxophone in um, your clinical work? I, only a few times yeah. because most of the work that I've done has been in hospitals mm. and it's just a loud instrument. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it's loud pretty instrument. loud. So mm -hmm. uh, there have been times, um, you know, uh, another music therapist, Adrian Whitehead, um, he also plays saxophone. He did a placement with me mm. and we, um, when he was doing placement with me, we regularly would um, play in the courtyard of the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so he's also a saxophone player. <laughs> he, he's a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. He's a really good musician. But um, we were also playing clarinet at the time as well. We were yeah. working on the doubling. And so we had a whole bunch of saxophone and clarinet duets. Oh, okay. And we would just um, yeah. sit down and play through a bunch of those. And that was really nice. And it mm -hmm. just created a beautiful atmosphere. And yeah. Outdoors. I mean, a saxophone really is an outdoor instrument. That's what yeah. it's kind of invented for. Mm -hmm. And it carries through... Those spaces really nicely. Yep, yep. And it'd be nice too, just having um, a bit of music, it'd be inviting for the other, you know, patients to come out and yeah. have a listen and yeah, that's right. just yeah. create a social space within the hospital. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, an opportunity just to have those sort of informal conversations with them and mm -hmm. build those relationships and they're more likely to come to a group yep. later. Yeah, yeah. People always ask me if I've used my cello or flute. In, um, in my clinical work, mm. and I really haven't done enough. I've used my cello twice, I think, and my flute mm. once. Mm. <laughs> it's really hard because it's so easy to just use guitar, and it just makes it a little bit more sense. Look, it depends on your style of work, I think. Yeah. I mean, I found that I use repertoire a lot. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I also do improvisation a lot, but I, when I use improvisation, groups it's predominantly percussion instruments yeah. and um and i don't i mean if i took my saxophone it would kind of be a bit i think it would take over the soundscape too mm -hmm. much yeah um yeah yeah that's true mm. <laughs> um we might have to wrap it up there mm. but thank you so much for having a chat to me jason my pleasure <laughs> thanks for uh, asking me if anyone had any questions for you uh, do you want to just let them know your work email. <laughs> yes, yes, my work well, yeah. email is um, it's uh, J Kenner, J K E W N E R, at unimeld.edu.au. Cool. And if you have any questions for me, you can always find me on Facebook. Just search Music Therapy Now, and I'm on Twitter at MTNow underscore Yuki. Thanks for listening.